I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so happy to have Ivan Roman, who is a prophetic trainer, mentor, but also a pastor in Medford, Oregon. And I've known Ivan for so long. I've known him for, I'm sure, 14 years. And I've watched him transition really well from one ministry to another, just doing just just the loyalty of his heart to God. And it just the salvation story as well is so amazing. But he has such a passion to raise up healthy leaders and equip people. And he's traveled around the world for the last two decades, ever since he was first saved. I still see him in his 20s because that's when I met him. But he, I believe he's now in his 40s. I should ask him on air. That'd be really fun. But him and his wife, Erica, uh, have three boys and they pastor the church together. And you're going to love his stories. You're going to love his perspective because he's a real outside of the box thinker. And he's doing something that I think is really important by helping others hear from God as well. But he hears from God so powerfully himself that he's inspirational. So we are about to get to that episode. I do want to remind you that we do prophetic mentoring online. We have our whole, I love this, this whole package now you can get for $14 a month. You get all of our e-courses. There's five of them. Plus you get weekly videos, five weekly videos to process your prophetic journey with you. I hope you guys will join us if you're going into prophetic right now. Take a step and take some risks and let's go for it. One of my favorite questions I get as someone who people tend to see as a prophetic person or a ministry leader is, will you mentor me? And I love this question and I haven't been able to do much with it for all these years because I've been teaching, writing books, these kinds of things, but the one-on-one is the hardest part. There's just not enough time, especially for the thousands of requests we've gotten. Well, we came up with a solution called the Transiting God Mentoring Platform. And this is a platform where there's five videos a week along with an online coach who's gonna answer your questions and you will have question and answer videos, teaching videos, mentoring other people videos where we're doing mentoring conversations. There's videos from other prophetic ministers and some you'll know really, really well who are sharing prophetic testimonies and stories of what works for them. You don't wanna miss being a part of this community that's growing online because just subscribing monthly, you're gonna get all these videos every week into your mailbox. And I know it's gonna change your life as you have someone to process your prophetic journey with you and have these mentoring conversations with. Come join us at bowlsministries.com and click on mentoring. You're gonna love it. Welcome to Explain the Prophetic. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I'm so glad to have a friend that I've known for many years, Ivan Roman. You are on today. Welcome, Ivan. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me on. I'm very excited to be with your audience. Well, I'm excited about having you because you are not only a pastor in Oregon, but you also train and teach on revival and the prophetic and the supernatural. It's just one of your passions for years. You've done lots of different iterations of ministry. And um, and not only have you trained people, but you've activated people. Sometimes we go to the trainings, but people don't walk away, actually change. <laughs> I've seen it happen quite a bit. And you've actually activated a number of people who are actually working with you or working in their own ministry, working their own life that are still going for it. And I just love that. So I'm going to get right into your story and talk about like, how did you get interested in hearing God's voice? Well, Sean, um, my story is pretty crazy. And so, you know, growing up, I uh, didn't know Jesus and I honestly wasn't searching for him. And uh, when I was about 17 years old, I started a business. I ran a martial arts academy. I sold real estate and I was doing really well financially and uh, just kind of crushing it for a young guy. 
Yeah. And, uh, but I felt so empty inside. I didn't understand why, you know, uh, I'd run my karate school. I was one of the youngest fourth degree black belts in wow. the state of New Jersey at the time. I, I sold real estate. I was, you know, doing really well. And, but on the weekends I was just getting hammered drunk. I just was partying so hard. I just was trying to find like, what's the purpose of all this, you know? And, uh, one night while I was hanging out with some buddies, a few of us chipped in to get a limousine and we're hanging out in Philadelphia so that uh, no one had to drink and drive. And Philadelphia is interesting, Sean. I know you've traveled a lot, so you probably know what I'm talking about. But it's like divided into blocks. So you could be in one city block and it could be like awesome, like high-end restaurants and nightclubs. And then three blocks later, you're in the hood. And wow. uh, so we're hanging out at a nicer part of town. And, and the limo driver calls us and says, Hey, will you guys just walk down here? It'll be easy for me to pick you up if, you know, there's traffic over here. So it's two o'clock in the morning and I've been drinking all night and we walk down the blocks and now we're in a totally different part of town. And so we're waiting and uh, the group of us and this group of Hispanic guys are arguing back and forth. And now I speak Spanish fluently and I was also drunk and I also have the background of being a full contact fighter. And so oh, I walk over in the middle of this crowd where they're like, you know, one guy got up to use the bathroom, the other guy flirted with his girlfriend they're like doing that whole like shoving match so i go over just wasted and start yelling at them both just fight already you know <laughs> and they turn around like who's this crazy drunk guy and uh, all of a sudden the cops drive by boop, boop, and they take off running well i'm standing there by these yellow posts they're all over philly i think it's so that cars can't drive under the sidewalk yeah, yeah and so they're right by my hip and i was so drunk sean that i just took a little nap well, directly to, the, <laughs> directly to the right of me is an alleyway. And then if you can imagine, so the, the left of me would be the storefronts. And then to the right of me would be the back of the storefronts. Okay, so it's a Philly street. And all of a sudden I hear, bah! And something grabs me by the back of my shirt, pulls me back. And if, you know, I were to push you, how your arms would go up. Well, something pulled me. My arms went up. I felt fire go by my forearm. I'm awake. I was drunk. I was sleeping on that post. Now I'm awake. I look to the left of me. People are screaming and crying. I'll never forget it. They were on their knees crawling to a run. I look over to my friends and the, the gals are crying. I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what just happened. And I hear in the alleyway, I'm shot. I'm shot. My hip, my hip. And my buddy goes, get in the car. So we jump into the limo and my hands are over my face. I don't understand what just happened. I was asleep. Wow. My The girls are crying in the car. My buddy's like shaking, trying to console them. I didn't see anything that happened. Let, let me back up a little bit. Those guys that were uh, pushing one another, one of them got in the vehicle, went around the block, and did a drive-by shooting. So they wow. weren't trying to shoot me. They just shot until the clip was empty. And uh, so I didn't know that until later they told me. So I put my hand over my face, and I can't laugh, cry. I'm like in shock. And I hear a thought, Sean, and this part I don't understand theologically, but it was inside of me, not outside of me. And the thought said, where would you go if you died right now? Now, you know, like I said, I didn't grow up in church, but I had this one uncle. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, went from, like, he went from the gangs of New York to getting radically saved. And his salvation story is uh, he, he was really high one time and he went home and his wife had already been saved and she was watching TBN. And so he walks in, turns the TV on, and this really famous black evangelist says, hey, you. And my uncle's stoned out of his mind. He goes, who, me? He goes, yeah, you. Oh he goes, fall on your knees right now. 
So my uncle falls on his knees. Oh my God. <laughs> and the guy leads him to Jesus. My uncle calls the hotline. So, so you can imagine like he's saved, but he was still really rough. Okay. That's so this amazing. guy taught me about heaven and hell and had me say the sinner's prayer. I memorized it just to get him off my back. So I had some understanding of basic Christianity. I just, it wasn't for me at that time. And so when this thought came to me and said, where would you go if you died right now? I responded, I'm really drunk. I'd probably go to hell. That was my reasoning. And then the next thought was, where was that man shot? And now I hear my hip, my hip. And now Sean, I see in my, you know, we would call it a vision, but it was just my imagination at the time. I saw a picture of myself lying down on that post. I saw Sean a bullet going right for my temple. Something I still, Jesus, an angel, something from heaven, grabbed me by the nape of my shirt, pulled me back. Fire went by my forearm. Remember that? That was the yeah. bullet. And it shot the guy in his hip. So wow. my first encounter with hearing God, you know, when people say, I was saved, I go, yes, my life was actually saved by heaven. Wow. And so shortly after that, two weeks later, I went to church. And that's how I surrendered my life to Jesus because I felt the same presence I felt that saved me. So that's the first time I heard God, Sean, was in an innocent uh, bystander of a drive-by shooting. (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds like you live such a crazy life, but it's actually not that crazy. That's actually a pretty normal life for a lot of young people. And the fact that you just happen to be in the wrong place at the right time for Jesus, <laughs> that's right. crazy. So you must have just been so awakened to the supernatural just to say something happened, like yes. something I can't describe happened. How did you go on the journey as far as like what happened next? So so, so that uncle, okay, bless his heart, he, he, uh, he says, hey, Ivan, he says, there's this young evangelist, 25 years old, he moves in signs and wonders. He's going to be at, at this church. And so I thought, man, I can't, I was, Sean, I was so afraid to leave my house the week of the drive-by shooting. Oh. For the first time, I, I I thought of death. Here I was 20 years old and I thought, yeah. somebody yeah. tried to kill me. And uh, I said I said to my uncle in Spanish, it's Theo. I said, Theo, I promise you I'll go next week. Well, I had missed the revival service. I go into this church, Sean, and uh, I don't know if, I'm sure a lot of your audience remembers the days of the renewal. So I walk into this church. Now, I have very little church background. Right. I'm Puerto Rican. So that means I'm Catholic. But, you know, <laughs> we had a big totally. Bible and it was open. But, it, you know, we didn't read it. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I walk into this church service and there's these two people. They're lying down in the foyer with a blanket on. Sean, in the foyer with a blanket on, <laughs> I have to step over them. And I'm thinking, what a weird place to lay down, you know. So I walk in the back of the service and I see in the front. Now, this is the East Coast. So it's all races. And I see in the front. This large African-American woman, she'd go, oh, thank you, Jesus. And then she would shadow box. <laughs> she would oh, punch no. her fist. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And then to the left of me, there was a lady laughing, you know, and nobody was telling her a joke or tickling her. And then, and then there was somebody else crying. And I thought, this place is like a zoo, you know. So I sit in the back of the church service. And I'm watching as like the spirit is moving. And I know a lot of people, you'd hear that and you think, oh, that's weird. We're embarrassed of that. But I loved it. I felt freedom. Well, the pastor gets up there. Let me say one thing just for our listener audience, because they may not be even aware that there was a period in that that time where there was a thing called the renewal. Most of it landed out of Toronto Airport Fellowship, um, which is just a great church with John and Carol or not, where they just start to have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and it manifested. They usually use the word manifested 
and people actually having an encounter with the presence of God that caused them to have a reaction in their soul or their flesh or their heart or their spirit. And so people would do all kinds of things. And so the fact that you walked into a church where, I mean, most people would go, is this like an insane asylum or is this a church? But the presence is there. And that's why people would come yes. into Toronto all the time and they would normally, whatever was happening, they would make people leave, but they were compelled to stay and actually engage in it. And it was millions of people went through there and still go through there, but there was a, a moment of the outbreak or a season of the outbreak and it's still happening in different ways, but there was a moment when the church was really impacted and they called it the great refreshing and renewal because a lot of Christians who didn't really have that deeper relationship with God really encountered God. So you were coming into it as a new believer. Okay, keep going. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I'm sitting in the back and the pastor gets up there and he goes, we just want to start the service off with testimonies. Now, my background, Sean, is I've been doing martial arts since I was seven years old. And so I, you know, read Eastern, you know, mysticism and all that stuff. And so I, I've learned about healing from an occultic perspective. Mm. I never knew Jesus healed. You know, I thought Jesus to me was when I get older, I have a wife and kids and I want to live a good moral life, you know, raise my family. I didn't think of Jesus <laughs> as like encounters, you know. So I'm sitting in the back of the service and a guy goes, you know, when that evangelist was here, he called out my name and he told me my condition and I'm healed. And I'm thinking, what in the world is this? Testimony after testimony of people getting healed. So I'll, I'll fast forward. So I respond. I get saved. I start going to the church. Well, six months later, that evangelist is going to come back to the church service. Now, at this point, it only took six months, Sean, and I was already wearing my suit and my tie and glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, from the world to That's like, amazing. to like super, like I call it Pentecost style, you know, not Pentecostal, but Pentecost style. And I was like, had a handkerchief and I wiped my sweat off. Come on. And, uh, <laughs> and I was only 20, 21. And so this evangelist comes in, his jeans are ripped, you know, he's got... Uh, he's got a hole in his pants and you can see his boxer shorts and his shirt was a little bit too short. When he lift his hands up, you'd see his tummy. Oh, no. And I thought, I, th I thought, what in the world is going on here? You know, they invite the wrong guy. Well, the guy starts ministering in power and I'm thinking it's all fake. Um, even though I had this encounter with the Lord, I'm thinking this is people are just hype. They want to pretend that they're healed until Sean, he looks at my aunt Doris. Now being Hispanic, I grew up in a culture where my mom could discipline me, but so could my aunt. My aunt can spank me, you know, you know, your uncles. And so I, my aunt's like a second mother. That's amazing. So I carried my aunt's walker into the church service. Okay, I carried it. My dad held her arm, sat her down. Well, this evangelist stands in front of her and starts to read her mail prophetically. He gets so accurate, he begins to talk to her about, you have somebody in your family that's in the military you're concerned about, which was my older brother. So all the hairs on my hands stand up. I sl slink down in the chair and I think, don't look at me, don't look at me, because I was just totally in the world still, even though I was saved, you know, and I didn't want to see all my sins. And I was like, don't look at me, don't look, Lord Jesus, I repent, I repent. <laughs> and, uh, and so then all of a sudden, uh, my aunt gets completely healed. I have to carry the walker out again. She's running around the church service and I'm thinking, wait a minute, either she was really healed or... She's faking it, but she's healed because I'm watching it. Yeah. So I went home. I lied down in my face and said, God, if you can use me the way you use that man, wow. have him invite me to travel with him. I got up, Sean. I wiped the tears from my eyes. I thought that's the dumbest prayer anybody would ever pray. The next day in the service, he's ministering. The power of God is moving. He turns around and looks at me and says, young man, if you have a desire to travel with me, I extend an invitation for you to travel wow. with me. So in six months old in the Lord, still kind of like my heart was for God. I just was kind of getting bored with the church stuff. 
I was launched six months old in the Lord into international missions to travel all over the world. I mean, that's signs wild. And wonders. <laughs> that was so awesome. <laughs> so now, okay, let's talk about this season of your life. Cause some of that, some of the radical ways you've heard from God and spent time with God have changed a lot of people's lives. Let's tell me some of your, you know, one or two of your favorite stories as far as when God spoke, cause we've heard your foundation. We know that was many years ago. Tell us the current, tell us the last year, tell us what has um, kind of brought your own faith alive. You know, when the Lord began to, to speak to me about uh, planning a church, which was a very interesting journey, and uh, he spoke to me about an inheritance here in Southern Oregon. And so we started to, this church plant, and we're going after it. And I had all these expectations because, as you know, Sean, with the prophetic, you see things as if it's going to happen right now. And I would yeah. say for me, my greatest weakness has been in timing. I'll see it. It's going to happen. And then it's like, then that's where the hope deferred makes the heart sick sometimes for the prophetic community. And so it's like faith and patience inherits the promise. Well, let's fast forward. I've been just kind of digging and believing God for the prophetic words to come to pass, that he would give me a center, not just a local church, but a center where we could equip the saints to influence the seven spheres of society. Sean, within the last year, I was given a $1.5 million building. Wow. Debt-free, Sean. Debt-free. That is awesome. What kind of building was it? Just tell, tell us that story. Okay, so the story is these awesome senior pastors, you know, they're transitioning within their ministry and they're really just starting to like, it's time for us to, we want succession, we want legacy. So they're praying and asking God to raise up a young man that'll help them. The Lord speaks to me and says, I want you to call Ron up and invite him for coffee. I thought, well, that's, that's, I haven't heard from that guy in a while. Go have coffee with the guy. He starts sharing me with heart, his heart and that started the journey of a church merger, which eventually became succession and inheritance and so we are cooking the church has tripled in size sean a lot of the prophetic promises are coming to pass but i have to say this it took seven years yeah (laughs) no i get that it's like you know it's it's uh slow down and hurry up at the same time it's like god gives you a promise and then especially when he's having you dig into the inheritance and there's there's been times where i know it's been like um hard or you've had a press in and, and, and people hear prophetic words. And a lot of times we're like, it's the now, and now it could be in seven years exactly. <laughs> just to get to the point of the foundation of doing the now, you know, cause resources aren't the destiny. There's just a provision towards the destiny, which is one of the themes of our life is like helping people understand God as a provider and that the provision isn't anything other than the provision to know him more. It's, no. it's not the provision isn't the goal. And so I love that. But tell, tell me about, like, walk our listeners through what you guys are building and how you're building it. Yeah, you know, so Sean, so gift mix is very interesting because I would say that I'm prophetic teacher. I, I would not say I'm a fivefold pastor. So I love the people, but I love people so much that I want to see them activated to walk in the fullness of their potential and calling. So I'm not the most shepherding individual. I'm more <laughs> of a charge. I'm more of a, let's advance the kingdom. And so... Uh, And so what we're building right now is I'm raising up teams within our local community that will basically like a, like a, for every seven spheres of society. So all of our teachers will gather together and mastermind Sean and strategize of how to transform the mountain of education. And so for me, I've been mentoring within the prophetic. And what we've been doing is inviting influencers undercover to come either on a Zoom call or come to the community where we prophesy over them and wow. they know that they know that they can come for prayer. They don't have to come to my local church. I'm not asking for an offering. We just want to help shape behind the scenes, our community. And so That's it's amazing. A, it's a different model. 
and it's taken people a little bit of a journey to understand, you know, Ivan seems like he loves me, but he doesn't necessarily want to just do coffee and talk about problems. It seems like his passion is to equip us to transform the world. And so we've been really um, focusing so much on helping people find the, their lane, their passion, their metron, their sphere, and then asking Holy Spirit, like mastermind strategies. Like I'm going to gather some entrepreneurs together that are out-of-the-box thinkers and, and just exhort them. This is already in process. Say, I don't want to hear that we need to do another life group or, we, you know, the church, we know how to do church, but I want to come up with strategy that's going to impact our city. So just bringing the entrepreneurs together, the businessmen and women together to start dreaming with the Holy Spirit to bring transformation to a whole city. So that's the kind of stuff that we've been going after, Sean. That's just so exciting to see God thinks outside the box. And I think sometimes yeah. in the church, you know, we can tend to just, we just want to do the things that we're doing to help people, which is awesome. But I see cities being saved. I know. I love the time we're in because, you know, with the, the lockdown or the shutdown that so many people have just experienced, uh, it's, you know, church has changed as we know it. And it'll go back to normal. There will be some sense of normal, but there's a new as well. And I know there's been a lot of people who've talked about for years that the church would be outside the building. And you guys are already doing that, even though you just got a building and you guys are building from that building. You've also been doing a lot of media projects and you're, you're not limited to whatever happens in the building, which you've just demonstrated, which I think is so good. It's such a good model. I think people are searching for a transformation language. How do I transform culture? How do I see the kingdom that's inside of me actually have true changes and metrics around me? And that's a big theme for people. And a lot of times when we, you know, we, we get prophetic words, it, we think that they're going to be just like, oh, let me, let me enhance you with a prophetic word versus this is going to change your life. And I know one of the stories you wrote in our notes that I really liked was about the youth pastor. And I'd love for you to tell that story. Yeah. So, so I've been traveling since I was, you know, since during that season, I, I was launching international ministry. And I remember I was ministering in England and uh, the Lord spoke to me about a pastor that was in the crowd. And this is the way the Lord framed it in my heart. If you can accept this, which I've never given a word that started with, if you can accept this. So I looked at this gentleman. I said, sir, if you can accept this, the Lord says you're actually a youth pastor. And Sean, there was no faith in the room. It was like, oh, this guy bombed this word, you know. And I, I want to say that, that, that my prophetic ministry on the road, I very rarely get applauses. And it's not because I mean I believe in New Covenant prophecy. It's because for oftentimes I'm operating in the prophetic I'm not so strong at the word of knowledge. And sure. so a lot of times people go, well, I guess we'll see. And then two years later, they go, I thought you were off the wall, but guess what? It actually happened. So, so that's <laughs> what happened best. with this meeting. You know, I didn't hear from the because then the senior pastor actually came over to me and said, uh, actually, that that man is actually a, quite a prominent senior pastor here in our community. I said, I discerned that. I felt like the Lord said, if he could receive this, that there was coming a transition as ministry. And the guy just looked at me because I think Sean in our mind, like, Youth pastors like a demotion, you know? Yeah. And so I get invited back two years later and they go, you're not going to believe this. And the pastor comes over and goes, you're not going to believe this. When you called me up and you gave me that word, I thought, this guy's missed it. You know, why did the pastor bring him in? He goes, I started to find that the more my church grew and, and the more I should have been more excited. My heart was so focused on the things I used to do with the youth and young adults wow. and the impact I had as a father. And I'm, your word came back to me, Ivan. I transitioned and I gave that role to somebody else. And now I'm thriving within building this youth community. It's so <laughs> amazing. <laughs> like who, who goes backwards in that context? I love it because youth are not 
a demotion or a promotion. I love that. That is was, so good. I was just recently in a church service, a mutual friend of ours, Eric Gregson, and uh, I called this family up and I look at this young gal and I said, the Lord says that you've been wanting a, a, to go to college. And she starts crying. And I said, but you've been looking at your natural dad and you're saying, you know, you don't want to put pressure on him because you love him and where your family's at financially. But God would say, he's your father and he's going to provide a scholarship for you. And the family looked at me like, what in the heck are you talking about? I'm not even sure the little girl was even trying to get scholarships. Like it wasn't in their paradigm because they just wow. didn't have the finances or whatever. Eric messages me and he goes, bro, you're not going to believe this. That little girl took your word of the Lord, started to apply for scholarships, and she got a full ride scholarship oh to college. <laughs> oh, my God. I just love that because the truth is, if I'm being very honest with you and your listeners, after I give that word, I don't go, that was a good word. I go, oh, Lord, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, please, Jesus. I, I stepped out in faith and I hope it works. <laughs> <laughs> what was the riskiest thing you ever stepped out in? Wow, I can think of a few. Um, <laughs> there, there's one that was kind of funny because of the, the guy's, um, his reaction. So I'm at this conference, you know, and this this young kind of, I would call him like an apostle, just signs and wonders guy emerging. And he's telling me, Ivan, you know, I, I just got this job at this mega church and my youth ministry. And I don't know, I'm bad with numbers, Sean, but it was a lot. It'd be like a 600 member youth group or something crazy. And he says, I got this youth ministry and I'm, you know, and he, he felt like he was in his niche. He got the house, he got, you know, and I, I go into an open vision and I see a picture of him and overnight he has to pack his belongings, put it in a suitcase and he, he has to move. And then I watch in the spirit as the suitcase opens up, becomes a healing tent for healing revival. And the Lord spoke to me, said, as if it were overnight, I'm going to move him and transition him into the land of his inheritance so he can step into the actual calling that he has. So I look at him, I say, hey, man, I got a word for you. Sure, share it. And I shared what I just said. He he started mocking me, Sean. Wow. <laughs> he said, bro, bro, you know how much money I'm making? You know how, you know how big my youth, you know the church? Do you, do you, you know, like it was like made me feel almost shameful. Like, man, maybe I did miss it. It was not much long after that. It wasn't overnight, but it was months later. He calls, can you give me the rest of that word again? Oh. <laughs> he says, I thought you were off so much. He goes, I went back home and it was within a few weeks. He says, I could see changes were happening. And then within a few months, he says, the senior pastor brings me in and says, hey, you know, we're actually going to raise somebody else up for this position. And we're going to need you within two weeks to transition out. Oh my As gosh. if it were overnight and the guy had to move and transition. But his real anointing was in healing and evangelism. Wow. not in pastoral ministry. So actually the Lord was transitioning him out. So that 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 was risky only because afterwards I thought, man, I feel I felt shame, you know. <laughs> Isn't that funny that you can you can give a word and feel like the person's perception of it even when they they don't understand what God's doing with them and so they think that they're they have spiritual awareness or self-awareness, but they don't. Like my wife gave me a word when I was about to transition from being a senior pastor. And she told me about two years before, she goes, I just don't see you being the senior pastor long-term. And it hit a place in my identity. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is what I've spent my life on for 10 years. I'm never leaving this. And then she's like, no, I think you are. I remember just like, you don't know me and you're my wife. Like, you don't even know me. Little did I know a year later in therapy, we were going to therapy for after her to family members died. We just had a ton of family members die. And so we're in therapy. The therapist looks at me and goes, you know what? I don't see you being a sister long-term. 
yeah, my wife's told me that and I'm actually ready to hear that now. <laughs> Life is transitioning to where I feel like I'm not and that there's people who want this job and would die for this job and I'm actually transitioning in my heart. But when she spoke it, I hadn't transitioned in my heart and I had no spiritual awareness of it. So I think it's funny when people do give words at times, you're giving words sometimes way before a person's ready. And I think we're, you know, so many of us are so unwilling to change unless God helps us. That's why we're being led by God. We're not just being led by our own desires. We need the prophetic. We need to hear from God because it helps to prepare us for great big changes where we feel like there's still God who's for us. This isn't a t- bad thing that's happening or I'm not just a victim of the world. God actually has a plan for me, he plans to prosper me. And I love that you've demonstrated that so many times in the prophetic in such a beautiful way. And those are just some of the stories. Well, we're coming to the end, which I can't believe it went that fast. Tell people what you're working on and how they can participate. I know you have a lot of online media. I know you got you have your books. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah. Well, thanks, Sean. Just IvanRoman.org. One of the things that we're developing right now is uh, just as yourself, Sean, people ask me all the time, will you mentor me? Yeah. And uh, for me, that's like, I want to, I really do, but... I can't possibly mentor all these people, all the places that I travel. So we're creating a mentoring platform as well. And uh, through our resources, through our books, but also just online where we're creating opportunities to give content and teaching, but also group coaching. And uh, I find that if I can get 10 people on a Zoom call and I can prophetically coach them, we're seeing such significant transformation, Sean, from people writing books, from people... Uh, one person, we had a word about them impacting government. And their mindset was, well, if this is the word of the Lord, then I best, I guess I better go. So they're in South Africa. They went to a government office, gave a word to one of the officials. The wow. official was so impacted. He said, oh, we need somebody like you here because they have a grid for it. And they said, we need to have you minister to this person. Well, she's ministered up the chain now. Now they're offering her a political position, Sean. Oh my gosh. And so I've just found that this mentoring, it's like it accelerates people in their giftings and accelerates their calling because they're willing to pay, you know, they're willing to sacrifice time and resources to actually say, I'm all in God. So that's one of the things that I'm just loving right now. That's so good. Well, I, I hope people will visit your webpage and thank you so much for sharing your heart and your stories. Thank you so much, Sean. This has been great. I'm a I'm a listener as well. I listen to your podcast. It's awesome. All the different diverse speakers. Oh, that you have I appreciate on. it. I'm, I'm glad, glad you're on it then. Yeah. <laughs> have you been enjoying exploring the prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with Bulls Ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our 
They're a team. They're a family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership, and you will become a partner. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.bowlesministries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles.